Houston, we have a problem. Good morning, Murray Walker. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I came to the first one and I've been to all the other six. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Like the heart rates are skyrocketing. Gentlemen, start your engine! Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler, thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the little, uh, um, uh, technical goodies. Radio Hotler. Hot, 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 That's it. Now it's working because when we did the deluxe... Oh, you've got to give me that too so I can get it soldered. I've got to give you that so you can get it soldered. But so when we, in the previous episode, 247, we moved to the microphone system, blah, blah, blah. And it was going fine. At 47 minutes, it goes, when Rick Shaw went, no, nope. that was it. Fuck off. The show shut off. Yeah. Which was, I thought, well, we missed about 10 minutes off the end of it. But we did. A suitable exit. <laughs> Um, so now we're back to the old reliable work tag. It saved the viewers another 15 minutes of their lives. That's true. You know? Which, but, and it was our worst 15. Well, that's so you reckoned afterwards. But I reckon if you'd listened to it back, it wasn't actually that bad. So it doesn't matter. So viewers, we're just checking. We're back to the old video iPod connection. Yeah. Here. Program. At the World Headquarters. And tonight... For Radio Hotlet, episode 247, g'day viewers. G'day, g'day viewers. <laughs> Welcome to that very occasional, can't be fucked to post anything on the website. <laughs> <laughs> We're too busy. We're all too busy. You're too busy. Well, the money's just rolling in. That's Lighthearted is only podcast that takes a look at lightheartedness, cool emerging technologies, gadgets, haircuts, lamb roasts, haircuts. blood butcher shops, blue vein cheese the disliking of that for JP technology and there's plenty of it going on and fuck all barbecues that's right according to folks and this evening so our favourite scribe of the southern hemisphere well I suppose I could be called a scribe mm. yeah I use a pencil. crayon scribe yeah a crayon scribe <laughs> 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 <It's> Photoshop <laughs> Stony, g'day mate. Nice Good. to see you nice again. Nice to see you, yeah, boys. It's been a while. It has. And I, uh, I hear that uh, JP, that you've been up providing a bit of tech support, yes. which has been a bit of a contra for my my thirty uh, fifth birthday. That's present. right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't didn't start out like that. I really needed some help. Fifteen years. I was having a bad day. Fifteen years. It's been taking you to get the support out of him. Oh, I needed some help badly. Wait, so you didn't need help that badly? I imagine. <laughs> called upon. Uh, I was very good. So the timing was perfect. Well, well, I finished my auto action cartoon, and all I needed to do was send it. I said to you yesterday, providing I finish that, I'm right. I'm Which I and I did not parapet that to you. No, you didn't. Uh, because I thought, fuck you. 
you know, you can <laughs> read between the lines. Yeah. Well, I couldn't because I didn't know. Oh, sorry, don't. Hence my email, go- uh, no, my SMS going. Yeah. Are you going to reply to my bloody email about Stoney? I would. I go <laughs> <to him? laughs> he put the W, he put the hashtag WYMC after that. Yeah, well. <laughs> you miserable. <laughs> I'm just not responding to that. But anyway, you hear me. Look, mate, since you've moved, you've got a new iMac. Uh, what a year or so old? Yeah, no, it's five years old. I found it. <laughs> I thought you sold him a new one. No, 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 he didn't need me to sell him one. No, he I, any, I found got one from another source. Another but source. he needs one. Well, I need he one. needs a new 27 inch iMac because they look luxurious. <laughs> luxurious. And luxurious. And won't be able to be in the real world. I have to get my iPad first. Yeah, yeah, and, and but, you know, because after episode 250, because we'll, we'll be shutting the show down at 250. Oh, will you? Yeah. Oh, that's Because he's, yeah, three to go. He's, got, he's got no interest in this. Oh, I have so, you lying. <laughs> <laughs> God. Jeez, <laughs> you should get a job for Shimano. Oh, oh come on, man, you fucking dangle. I was very timely. Uh, it was a bit of a sad week because last Saturday we lost the very good friend in Formula One, and that was uh, Nigel Snowden. Mm, Nigel has suffered yes. for many years with um, uh, with Parkinson's, and he, he and Diana Burnett, his wife, moved to Queensland about, uh, I would say, about 15, 20 years ago. Um, but uh, sadly, Nigel passed away. Now, he would be uh, the era of, um, very much the era of the new movie, Rush. Um, he, he was very well respected. He wasn't paparazzi, he was a thinking man's photographer, lovely mm. man, and everyone would remember him as the fellow who worked for the Le Mans movie with Steve McQueen, and he took that famous photo of Steve McQueen with the two fingers in the air, and he was the official photographer, but he, he was often uh, commandeered for stuff like that because they knew that what he took, you know, was uh, uh, always perfect, mm. and so sadly, you know, it's just one of the good old boys of the... Uh, of the early days, it was this, um, I would say go back to the 60s and 70s mm. when he uh, when he started. Met Diana, uh, they married, and she was a very good photographer in her own right. Um, but yeah, it's a bit sad. We we know we know that he suffered a lot and uh, uh, with uh, Parkinson's, and we haven't seen him for many years. But uh, just a sad passing. It is funny that you should mention his name because I did read up earlier in the week um, on uh, Joe Saywood, uh, as you say, see, see, Seaweed. Seaweed. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> uh, uh, Very interesting, and, and uh, I like to read his post-race reports at Grand Prix Plus for a very reasonable price. That's <laughs> <laughs> always um, £29.99, and you won't Pounds. be... Right. And you won't be... Disappointed. No, definitely. And uh, having read that, and then you mentioned it tonight, I mean, yes, but it also took me back to a book, Catch 22, oh, where Alan Arkin plays yes. the core character, but the bombardier who was being, who was killed, his name was Nigel Snowden. Oh, okay. Is that right? And had his guts hanging out. Yeah, he did, he had his guts hanging out. Oh, that was and he goes, yeah. Call the bombardier. I'm the bombardier. Call the bombardier. Mm. And Milo Minderbinder was yeah. selling cotton coloured candy. Yeah. Chocolate covered candy. Catch 22, boy, that is the. That's I scary. know. Yeah. 
Who wrote the book? Don't know. Oh, um, we'll come back to it. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's. That's uh, well. Snowden's a very, uh, a very uh, English princely name. English name, considering Lord mm. Snowden was the uh, the family uh, royal photographer. But no, no relation. Uh, wasn't was it spelled differently though? Wasn't it S N O W D E N? Yes, Nigel. Nigel's D O N. Oh, was it? It was D-O-N. Oh, well, it's the C-O-N, it's the same as... Probably related. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised, JP, that you'd be able to recall this, considering there is no love of the old country, which has been going on for 248 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> well, uh, there's not like no love of the old country. There's a minimal, minimal <laughs> of the old country. Well, Nigel came out to Australia, of course, for the, for the Adelaide Grand Prix in 1985, and I think he just fell in love with the country. Yeah. Because it was warm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was lovely to see him. He's just a gentleman. And uh, um, it's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm a better bloke from knowing him because his observation powers were excellent. He could see, see things that other photographers couldn't see. And he always snapped that right. shot. Yeah, he, did, he took some fantastic shots. Like that, unbelievable. I mean, um, uh, and that's why he got geeks like um. working on the Le Mans movie and many other movies as well. Mm. All we're now waiting for is the film Rush. We yes. are. But before Indeed. we talk about Rush, hmm. perhaps you'd like to tell the viewers, just describe the smells, the ambient smells, tell them what you're having a little bit of a sniff oh. of, before you get on and tell us what your latest scribblings have been about. Oh, OK. <laughs> uh, well, um, first of all, I have to... I have to uh, Oh, I have to congratulate you on a very fine piece of land that's been uh, mellowed in the oven. Mellowed? <laughs> <laughs> and the pepperoni, the hot one, is just uh, extraordinary. And the blue vein cheese is very mild. It doesn't burn the hairs out of your nostrils. <laughs> um, so we're happy with that. And the Bloody Mary was a nice one to start the night. A little, a little stiffer. Mm. Yeah. Usually you have a Bloody Mary to sober up, but I don't mind mm. starting off with a Bloody Mary. <laughs> That's right. You should have a Bloody Mary from breakfast. your jacket. Just <laughs> exactly. pretend it's breakfast time. Oh, and the, the wine. We've got a very nice Taylor's, Taylor's Shiraz, which is, uh, is uh, of a good vintage. And I brought a... Mer- oh, what's that? A temporilla. This is a yes, this is a oh, very this nice. is a very interesting uh, label, uh, JP. Maybe yes. you'd like to... A spa. Ex- oh, well, that's all the virtues. Tezona? Tempranillo um, from Spain. Oh, that's good. We can celebrate uh, Alonso's win in Spain and then also uh, Nadal, um, uh, Rafael Nadal's win in, in, uh, in France. Oh, I like in, Nadal. And he's a lovely bloke. Oh, is he? Uh, well, I've, I've not I've, met him. I've, I've, but heard, I just, I've heard he's a very intense man. He he's actually, a bit spooky, um, but I like yeah. him. Before he goes out onto the court, his concentration levels are just unbelievable. He's, he is pretty unbelievable, isn't he? Yeah. There's no doubt about him. So yes, so we have this, but you would say it's very interesting. The, the reason it's so interesting is that the label was actually designed locally here in South Australia. It's so not South Australia. So there you go, with, with the specific idea of making it look Spanish. Did you know that designing wine labels is an art form in itself? There are oh, people absolutely. who specialise in designing wine labels. Well, my first potential job, which, which I didn't actually take, was exactly that. I came out of high school with my A-level in art and um, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. Well, and I, I saw an ad for mm. uh, a design company near London Bridge. Mm. 
And so I took my portfolio and wandered up there and the guy looked through it all and he said, oh, this is all pretty good, you know, da 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 da, da. However, I should let you know that all we do here is design labels, nothing else. Yes. And I went, oh, really? Exactly. So he said, so now's your chance to back out. <laughs> and I did, I backed out. Oh, really? I thought, oh, I can't spend the rest of my life designing labels. <laughs> I like licking them. Drive me nuts. <laughs> oh, the free booze you missed now. <laughs> but see, I wasn't an alcoholic back oh. then. <laughs> well, alcohol, alcoholic drink the same as we do. We don't drink to them. No, it's just, yeah, so there you go. Interesting, isn't it? But you probably hadn't grown up with a with a family where you, there were wine bottles oh, on no, the table. I, I, I would have been beer bottles. And... We would have the occasional beer at home. My father wasn't a big drinker or anything, nor was my mother. Mm. In fact, my mother still rarely drinks. Mm. And um, so, no, we weren't into, weren't into wine or whatever, or oh. even spirits, you know, because they did spirits labels and all sorts of things at this place. But uh, it's yeah. amazing, isn't it? Yes, it's an art form all by itself. It certainly is. So what have you been working on? Well, I've been uh, just doing the normal um, um, uh, auto-action cartoons, which have been a little bit quiet at the moment, but uh, there is this one... Winter summer break. ...today. Uh, yeah, it is. And today I, I thought, now, the only thing that's worth commenting on is the fact of this secret testing that, uh, <laughs> that uh, Mercedes did with Pirelli, which the tribunal comes up on the 20th next week. Yes. So I thought, I can't leave that alone. And so uh, I, I went down the road of, uh, um, the thing was that they actually, I mean, it was pretty secret because the guy, I mean, Nico and Lewis actually yeah. wore plain helmets. Mm, I heard that. Yeah. So they were serious yeah. about not even people knowing who it was. Yeah, and there's Ross Braun going, oh, everybody yeah. knows where we're doing that. So, yeah. so my cartoon for next week is, is, a, is Miguel's, Miguel's Spanish souvenir shop with about a hundred helmets Limited edition, white, only used white, once, white. all plain silver, <laughs> with a Mercedes badge on it. So I had to go down that road. So, but I can't help leaving out my my old friend Alan Jones because uh, it's lovely to see him back on the telecast and see him chatting away and having his little giggle and dig at people. Yeah, that's right. Like. Yeah, it's not the same as yeah. the old days when Dad was. The girls' souvenirs <laughs> also had um, uh, red underpants. And you could buy five of them at once for two dollars, and that was Alan Jones' lucky thing. Alan Jones always said that when he wore red underpants, he always won. <laughs> so we put that in that way. Plus the fact with Miguel's souvenir, uh, uh, souvenir shop, we had we had headbands and uh, Rafael Nadal headbands for the Spanish. So so it's sort of like a little souvenir shop. But the key factor is the fact that Nico and Lewis wore plain helmets. That's how mm. much they wanted to keep it, does. it secret. And we've got the Tempranillo, so we've got the Spanish connection as well. Yeah, but they ran the same track, they ran the, the, yeah, the, the race. Did. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to think that no one could see that. Yeah. Mm. And the other thing I put in there was in the bushes behind there, I had two guys with binoculars with, uh, with uh, Michelin hats on. Because <laughs> I've got a sniff from Europe that Michelin want to get back into Formula One. Now, whether it's Pirelli or Michelin, you've got two types of tyres rather than one tyre manufacturer. Mm. Or the other thing I read on one of the websites yesterday was the fact that uh, they haven't signed uh, Pirelli for next year. And no. so they could end up running on the rims. <laughs> they might not have any tyres. On the rims? On the rims. A rims, yeah, rims or rims, whatever you like. So this, this tyre thing is not... Don't open the oven! 
Anyway, so there really wasn't much to report on uh, on uh, Montreal because uh, Vettel pissed off into the sunset, and that was about the end of it. I, and, mm. and I went to bed. Mm. Did you? So, yeah, I absolutely. Uh, funnily, I woke up at about three fifteen mm. on Monday morning. Yep. And went. Oh, I'll have a look at that, and I watched the first twenty laps, and I went. Yeah, it was pretty uneventful. When I woke up the next morning, but nothing much waking up for. No. The best comment that came out of Montreal was uh, um, Philippe Massa. He said, "There is no one good enough to take my place," <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and there probably isn't. Uh, <laughs> but Alonso went well again. Again, I mean, you know. Yes. yes. I'd love to see him in Red Bull. You can't <laughs> hold him back, can you? There's no doubt about what it. What did you do? Yeah. Did you pour me another drink? Oh well, you don't have to drink it. I have to take Jack off. But anyway, that's my report, and that's what I've been scribbling. Um, nothing much special. I, I did do a uh, three-litre Bentley and a bit of a, a spit for unique cars on uh, Heartbeat, which is always a good show to watch if you want to watch old cars. But you mentioned you were doing something internationally as well, or is it embargo? No, no, that was a long time ago. You mean, you mean for? Uh, Okay. For, for uh, oh, Yes, I had to to watch the stinger in the tail because all the pictures I saw of Norton Hornets, they had red stingers. Right. And I had to be careful it didn't look like a penis. Well, you would have too. (laughs) We see some poke (laughs) batters with this big red dangler hanging down between his legs. We now fix his stinger. You'd have all the Greek girls (laughs) with their knickers in a knot. (laughs) Tonight, Sony, you've actually been revealing some rather interesting things we haven't heard before, that you're actually very old mates with, with, with Joe Sayward. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and there's, there's dirt. There's oh, dirt. Yeah, well, I suppose. I mean, uh, Joe and I met at Bathurst in about 19... 19... Oh, good, like, give or take, 1981, 82. And uh, Joe was uh, uh, a revered uh, motoring journalist, or motorsport journalist in Formula One, and still is today. Um, but uh, uh, a rollicking, a rollicking is a good word for Joe. Uh, rollicking. He's a rollicking pom. He just loves to laugh, and he's always got a very, very weird sense of humour about things. And uh, as I said, his observations are always different than other journalists. I must, ca- I, must I must talk to him when he's n- not had a, a schnifter. Oh, okay. Well, I don't think it makes any difference. No, no, but it doesn't he, make any difference. To I, yeah. You wouldn't know whether he's there. Not many face to face, but yeah. No, no, no. He's uh, he's what I call he's a lovely bloke, and uh, uh, it's, I've been. He's been immensely helpful to me in a in a personal area, and I, uh, in a funny way that uh, that all came about. Weirdest of things happened, mm. which I will divulge to you off air. Yeah. No, he's, he was good because you see he was a he was a Formula One journalist. He came to Bathurst in the early eighties, and he could see things that us locals didn't see. And he would notice things like 
he was absolutely enthralled by the, the crowd on the hill at Bathurst. He was absolutely enthralled by the fact of, of the uh, laissez-faire, if you like, of the drivers and the, and the teams in those days, of course, was when Brock was taken over the Holden Dealer team. And, and uh, he was just uh, absolutely thrilled. I think he came out because um, uh, Tom Walkinshaw was having a big sniff at Bathurst. It must have been 82, 83. And if you remember, Tom Walkinshaw came out here to have a steal with John Goss in mm. his, his wang. He did. And the old bloke managed to hold the cable tie through his yeah. mouth and the door closed all <laughs> the way around the track. Who are you talking about? John Goss. Oh, John. <laughs> G'day, mate. Yeah, yeah, you know I raced at Le Mans. Le Mans, Le Mans. Well, of course, then he came out the following year with uh, Wynn Percy and the Jaguars. And, uh, and that's where he held the door shut because it wouldn't close and he had to hold it shut and they yeah. tried to cable tie yeah, the damn right. thing yeah, and he yeah, drove. Yeah. And it was the driver's door, so it have been terribly hard for him because the damn thing, I mean, momentum's going outwards all mm. the way around there. I remember but that. Obviously, weekend. being right handed, <laughs> it was his strong arm. Who? John Goss. <laughs> oh, I see, yes, probably. Yes, I remember that. But Johnny Goss, you know, I mean, he, he, with all the, all the, the crap that we, uh, we throw at him, he's, he's, he's a good driver. You know, he's always been a good driver. But uh, he was driving with Armand Hart. And we, we, we wanted when Percy to win because. Uh, <laughs> And, and, you know, well, he did eventually in 1990. And, and, as, you, and as, as we talk about all the crap that's thrown at people, and tonight I, I brought you up to speed about Helmut Marco's background. Yes. And you go, isn't it? It's amazing. The guy was in Formula One yes. and he Drive was one works, works uh, for um, Ferrari, won Le Mans 24 yeah. hour in 1971. Yet, what do the current media do? Mm, they yeah, just they portray him as the terrible the villain. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And they go, it, yeah. and and then we talked about Frank Gardner, and I, as I said earlier, that I'd, I'd had the pleasure of meeting Frank back in 1983, and not doing anything with him. But I, in hindsight, when you learn later on in life, you go, what made you just learn this bloke with a Terry Towling? I, I no, just, you know, yeah. it, I just wish I'd I'd had an understanding to talk to him. Mm. Sit and stand and talk to him, well, and he, his dry, laconic humour would have would have synced up well with me. Yeah, so many stories. When he came out, he, he started a driving school in 1976 with Bob Jane at Pulver Raceway, which I did, and I did it not to be a racing driver, but to learn what these guys do. Um, but Frank found that nobody knew him, and they said, "It's just this funny old bloke in a towelling hat. Does he really know how to drive?" <laughs> and Frank said to me one day, "He said, I'm going to build a car, and I'm going to blow the tits off everyone." Uh, so he built a sports sedan and he used a Chevy Corvair body with a Formula 5000 chassis. And of course that was the Chevy Corvair that won 41 races out of 49. And he just did it because, just to show the locals that he wasn't just a bloke in a toweling hat. And he didn't know how to drive. No. And, and, and there was another bloke with a toweling hat. Mm. Like, George Fury. Oh, yeah. Which George was like competing George for... Fury's but, hat was blue. But they were compared... That was yeah. the era of toweling hats. It was, it was. It yeah. was. Everyone used to comment on Frank's nappy that he wore on his head. Okay. And no one commented on George's hat because it was blue. Have you ever seen a blue nappy? I've seen a lot of brown ones, but I've seen a lot of blue ones. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. But George was a farmer. He, he was from mm, Telmelmo. Yeah. 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 That's a potato farm. He's still there. 
He's still there. As folks like to point out to us, every time we drive north, drive north to Bathurst at about 4.30 in the afternoon, I go, folks, look, don't you think it's a little bit late to be leaving? <laughs> no, I'll just grab a burger and eat it on the way through. But no, no, we'd like some Telmelmo potatoes. <laughs> yes, it's very funny, isn't it? You know, the people that are around the place and... And they've done a lot in Formula One, the, the Australians, you know, people like Paul Hawkins. I mean, you know, Paul Hawkins drove for, uh, for Lotus in Formula One. But, Is that uh, Jen's brother? I, no, <laughs> no, 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 Paul Hawkins. Uh, uh, but, you know, uh, uh, the same could be said about Vern Schuppan. You know, um, like Vern yeah, was out there. I mean, he went too. over there and he won the um, 72. Um, he unknown. won the Formula Atlantic Series. And according to Jenny Chupin, they went over there for a holiday. And the reason that Vern wanted to drive in Europe because his father wouldn't let him race in Australia. He could race cars because his father thought they were toys, but he wouldn't let him race. So he went to Europe and he was there for two two years and he won the Formula Atlantic Series, got the drive with BRM, right? And then some little upstart called Nicky Lauder came along with £80,000 and bought the drive, so he missed out there, but devoted himself to Le Mans. And at one stage there, he'd driven so many so many laps at Le Mans, he was the man who'd driven more laps at Le Mans than anyone else. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Never knew that. Yeah, that's right. And it, it was, it was um, a situation where he came, um, he came third at Indianapolis, and I think it was Gasher who had killed himself in, the, uh, in a Rothmans Porsche. So they commandeered him to come to Le Mans because of his track record at Le Mans, and so he got the drive at Porsche. I think that was in 82 in the Jules Open. Remember they had open cab Porsches? Yep. And then the next year they went to the... 917, yes. they were open. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, they were 917, I think you're right. And then they went to the 968, or whatever, 967. Yeah, but can't remember the numbers. But, but yes. But the, the, the Rothmans port, the, the thing yeah. that we remember with the Rothmans port. Oh, the, with the long car. 9.6, 9.5.6. I believe 956 was the first enclosed cockpit yes, car yeah. before they moved to 962 and 962C long tails in Rothman's brand. Well, in that race, in that race, uh, they were leading the race. The door blew off at high speed, and Vern brought it in, and uh, they managed to fix the door and put it, put a put a door back on it. And uh, by the time that the the last lap, the thing, um, I think um, Haywood was in. It was Haywood that was in the cockpit, uh, Vern wasn't, and the thing was just running on three cylinders, it was just about cooked, and just got it across the line. Amazing. And, and it's fair to say that, 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 that those cars back then, mm. they were uh, absolutely very, very agricultural looking on the you know, on the inside. Absolutely. If you, if you have a quick look at this yeah. image of the, yep. this is the inside of a 96 TC, and uh, well, they were, you know, like, company. look, dial home. Yeah. They're the first company to use a Dymo labeler. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that's it. Yeah. 962. That's what they were. Amazing, mm. right? Yep. Yeah, they were, uh, Our uh, friend Robert Sherrard has one uh, as a 962. It's not a long tail, uh, and it's, uh, I think it's now it's based in, in Tasmania. Um, and he Rob Sherrard, not not Rob Gerard, Rob Sherrard, no, Rob, yeah. Rob, Rob Sherrard, and he owns uh, the uh, the what are the uh, Salva 
uh, C9s, okay. the one with the uh, Maurer, Baldy, and Klaus Ludwig that won the oh, World yeah. Endurance Championship. Yes, that's Klaus Ludwig raced at Bathurst with yes, he did. Um, oh, he did. Yeah, with the Texaco Sierras. Mm. Oh, sorry, yes. Oh, the sorry. Eggenberger. Yeah. And uh but Rob's car is a, a Blau pink brand. Oh okay. Uh, yes I remember that. So it wasn't the pink pig. Yeah. Not the pink pig. But didn't Vern drive one of Rob's cars at the pre Grand Prix? It was two thousand and seven. It was the Australian Grand Prix two thousand and seven. Seven? Okay. And uh I was there, Alan Simonson was there as well to do some, to drive Rob's T70. Oh, Lola. Lola T70, mm. red T70 around. Rip your bloody arms off, that would. Well, Alan had plenty of double-handed <laughs> workouts, so um, he was okay with that. And Vern had, was driving, it wasn't the Porsche. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't a. Uh, it wasn't a uh, GT40. Was it, it was the GT40, and he crashed so. the GT40. Okay, he the, crashed the GT40, it. and he gave it a good slog, and that was significant because that was the car that I raced with Rob at Mount Buller. That's right. Earlier in the year. Oh, okay. So mm. I was in that car with Rob, and then it got crashed. Ah, damn. And Rob was going to Europe, and I was going to Europe to meet Rob after Le Mans. Okay. And Wayne Park, who was looking after yes. all the cars, went, fuck it, there's a spot in the container. What are we going to put in there? And there was, like, everything in there. There's the, all sorts of goodies. You've got to possibly imagine. And he went, Rob went, oh, fuck it. Put the road going, brand new 911 turbo Porsche with Queensland number plates and with, you know, Queensland lovely <laughs> shape. Nice. Anyway, anyway I've been up going to Le losing my bag, but I caught up with Rob and he's picked me up from Geneva. He goes, just look, from, um, yeah, just look for the Queensland places. <laughs> he has a silver Porsche with Queensland plates. And we end up cruising around and going, right, up, to, right. going up to Copenhagen and this thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, um, cop, the coppers pulled me over and go, Oh, you're wearing a seatbelt. Oh, you're the driver. Sorry, sir. <laughs> uh, just one little news piece, too, I can throw in here. It's not very interesting to our international viewers, but uh, local viewers here, they're having a reunion at Baskerville Raceway in uh, Tasmania. Many, many a good race has been had at uh, Baskerville, and it's quite a uh, motorcycle centric track. Uh, fantastic track. I've driven on the track. It's unbelievable. Um, up, is it up the hill and up oh, the yes. hill. Oh, yes. Wall, you go up, you go up, left. You go up this hill, and I heard Moffat say one day when he drove over there, you go over the hill and you go over the right, and you don't know where the track's going, but as soon as you can see the tin shed and the next paddock, turn left now. <laughs> <laughs> and I did that and I got around. I never thanked Alan for that because I wasn't going to get round another one. But there is a rock Great wall or something, isn't there? It's like a sort of a cliffy up. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, sort of, yeah. But a great little fast Whereabouts? twisting. I've never even heard of it. Baskerville is down near Hobart. Right. Down near near Hobart. Simon Simmons Plains is up near Launceston. Yep. Whereas Baskerville is down It's always been a pleasure stage down there. It's always been a club track, but they used to have some great touring car battles in the days when Alan Moffat was driving. So I remember him telling me that's what you have to do. And I later on I was at a car. You'd be fucked if they demolished a tin shed, wouldn't you? 
Uh, yes, you would. <laughs> so I can guarantee that. <laughs> Uh, but uh, later on, I was uh, uh, I was at a car launch for a TX3 Ford, and they, were, oh, they I took, remember them. They, yeah, four wheel drive, all wheel drive. Oh. <laughs> oh. They went for they were all wheel drive, all wheel drive, yeah. and yeah. you could almost oh, throw them away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I remember the cars. Yeah. TX3. It That's wasn't my. Turbo. It wasn't. I so nearly bought one, but I was saved by the new Mitsubishi lots of GSR. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, which is actually a really soft four-wheel drive turbo, yeah. and and when you turned it into a corner, you heard it. What the fuck's this? <laughs> Except what it was was they had like plastic mud, hard plastic mud flaps, and because the suspension was relatively soft, the, the, <laughs> the, the mud flaps go break. <laughs> and you, yeah, of course, you know, I couldn't be around the back there to see what was going on. And then years later, you go, oh, I can feel that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was saved from the TX3. It was a very, very close shave. Mm. I remember when you, I remember you, when they you, came out. You, you remember I, I know you. You probably didn't know me when what? I. When you were doing, weren't you doing something with bloody lasers and stuff? Mm. Well, the TX3 was a laser. Yeah, you wouldn't know me when yeah. I had that. The first time I came to Sydney, I reckon, you just got the two-door STI. Yeah, that was 99. Yeah. But see, I've known you since 96. Oh, yeah. 97, I have to say. Yeah. Amazing. Well, a friend of mine's a Ford dealer. He bought Kent Yildon's um, TX3, uh, which he built yes. for and the first 12-hour race. And I've got to tell you, this little it, car, it, it was a rocket ship, I remember it. It didn't finish, but it was, was a rocket ship. And it was at one stage, it was coming second. But the top car there was Peter Fitzgerald in oh, that, in that, so. in that falcon coloured yeah, 968CS. Nine, uh, yeah, it's a 968, which is a 944 no, cup car. Wasn't it? No, 968CS, it was a three oh, litre four yes. cylinder. Yes. Mm. CS. But you the, know what that, you know that stood for. <laughs> So yes. So yeah. Does it really? Bit of a CS. Okay. Oh, yeah. right. But but think about it. Oh, three, three liter coupe sport. Three yeah, liter four cylinder. Really. Look at that. <laughs> the pistons were this it's big. big. Yeah, that's right. It was. Well, it was. It was the old nine four four. It was, like, it was basically four. first to fifth and just goes up there. So nine four four, and it was it, and it was the three liter version. Mm, of nine four four. Same shape. Same shape. Yeah, it's a shape. It's not like this. Anyway, we've got Kent Yildon. Underneath, it's a different. Yeah, I know, it's a different car. Anyway, we've got this TX3. One Ford dealer friend of mine on the Verizon bought it, and he said we should go on the Targa, because the Targa had just been announced as being the new the new uh, event uh, for, mm. for uh, tarmac racing. Mm. None of us knew what to expect. Oh, <laughs> Mark Bryan, so, hello. Hey, I was just going to say and Mark Bryan. And they allowed us to run this TX3, because it had been in the 12-hour race, so it was a, a car of significance. Right. Okay, so... It didn't end up in the tree, in the loft of the tree like the No, bed. we didn't. We finished sixth outright, and that was oh, only because we just waited for everyone to crash. Well, well, well done. But I, I, my biggest effort in the Targa Tasmania in the first one, which was 1992, was to try and beat Roger Clark to the bar every night. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. And he used to say to me, I would like to have your car. I'm driving a Fooker Balkan. <laughs> and this was a shit. <laughs> right. He was a lovely man. Well, I was so thrilled to meet him. 
But um, poor old Timmy, Tim Lyons, who owned the car, he said, we should go again next year. I said, yeah. Timmy, you will never come sixth outright in the, in the target Tasmania ever again. This, yeah. this event is just going to go through the roof. Which obviously Which it did. did. Yeah. Which yeah. it did, yeah. But so it was that's Linus Ford at the Brossa, is it? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Timmy, yeah. And, and he did a lot more targets after that. And, uh, um, but it was a real thrill to be in the first one, mm. because none of us knew what to expect. Well, hey, that book that Brian... Yeah, well, I have to drag one out because yeah, it'd be in it. Exactly, that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> I was just thinking, we're, 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 I've had so many of them, I've given them all away. Well, there was one book called Target Tasmania, which was done after the second one. So they didn't really elaborate on the first one. But as I said... I think Mark's one was the 10th, wasn't it? Wasn't it after the 10th they commissioned him to do that book? Something like that. Anyway, it was, it was interesting because we all got there. There were some people like um, 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 Andrew Medici had pace notes. Uh, in fact, um, Roger Clark went out every night. We were there five nights before the event. He went out every night and he drove the circuit by himself in the middle of the night to learn the circuit. Yeah. And I mean, he did finish, I think he finished seventh behind us, which was an, a massive event, never reported. No one ever knew about it, but we did because I used to ask him, where are you going now? After he had a few charges. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't you just beat him to the bar? Yeah, and then he was off the he would say, I'm going out and look at these bloody roads. He's like, I've got to see these bloody roads and see what they're like. You know? <laughs> we, 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 we had the, we had the uh, instructions, but uh, what a great event. Do, do, do you think that, that, that Nigel Snowden might have known something, you know, just, you know, about that symbol, you know, with what Chrysler was coming up with. <laughs> no, the, the fingers were around the wrong way. Oh, well, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's, well, that's the big victory, victory yeah. and that's up your nose with a rubber hose. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> see, we say that about Vettel. He puts number one that way. Yeah, right? basically going And he has his, his hand around the wrong way. Should be around that way. That mm. is number one. That yeah. is up your nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> yeah. Or at least it uh, wasn't the middle that, finger. Like. That is the inse- That's the, the sign for go and get your prostate. Oh, I just. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> that's right. I, I think that it's just pretty much. Uh, so every time I see Bethel, I always think of he's having his prostate checked because he puts his finger up like that. <laughs> it's around the wrong way. It should be around the other way, which means number one. Well, he gets all the information through his ass. Oh, <laughs> does he ever? Yes, he drives by the seat of his pants. <laughs> He's a quick little sucker. I mean, you've got to take quick, it away yeah. from him. I know, you can't, can you? He was bloody, gee, like a rocket last weekend. Uh, about that. He, he, the uh, lady opened up. Uh, well, what else is news? So, let's move on. Yes. Okay. Away from all this, brother. Absolutely. Run to talk about, let's talk the about 90th year of Le Mans 24 Hour, which yeah. is coming is up. Really? And yes, it is indeed. And uh, the, the test weekend. Do we know about the teeth coverage yet? We do not know, but oh, we, will, we, will, we will advise people. They can figure it out for themselves. Oh, really? Well, if you, I just if, wondered. If, you, if you want to get the latest information, yep. you can go to dailysportscar.com for a very no, reasonable... No, JP. They've done a, a, a website redesign, which is completely disastrous, I might think. I believe. As a web designer. As a total, it's a total disaster because no one knows where anything... People don't want change like this. People want, you cannot find the information there. In, in a little bit of time, it just doesn't feel right. Maybe it will. It's too much of a departure and they should not have been doing it coming up to the mall. But, you know, that's what people do and they just don't know what they're... They're not experts at that. They're very, very good at writing content and telling stories and connecting with people, but they're hopeless at using user interface design. 
Well, there you go. Uh, that's anyway. not good. Um, but you will be able to catch it live on RadioLeMond.com. And there is a video feed coming off the lemon.org yes. website. Now, so the race will start at... Uh, well, what are we tonight? Where, what is it? Thursday. Well, Thursday. Okay, so, Thursday morning. Yeah, so we had test day last weekend, so give you a quick... So uh, it's about 11 o'clock in France. Somewhere around there. Uh, so, uh, Thursday morning. Uh, Mr. Duval... Oh, we're Mr. a week away yet, though. Yep, but you are, but you aren't. Because right. you've got a test day, and then you've got a few yeah. days before mm. they ramp up and everyone yeah. turns up, and then they've got, right. like, sc- uh, like scrutineering and hanging around and walking around tracks and waving to fans. So there's a lot of hanging around. It's basically two weeks of hanging So around. the road closures have happened already? No, the road closures don't happen like that. The roads right. are open. The roads are only closed... Because Mulsan Strait is a public road. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. Okay, and the and the chicanes, the road goes the road goes down like this, yeah. and the chicanes are built out either side, and they're just closed during the rest of the year. Right. What they do is then close the road down and bring the chicanes open. Yeah. So, but so that road is a major thoroughfare, which is from um, from Le Mans to Mulsan, which yeah, is right. a little an, a little prop, a little area. A village, not yeah. just a corner, as Anage is a little village, and 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 so on like that. Um, well, it's a bit like going for a race around Labour to Charleston, yeah, and back again. It, it, it's exactly like that, yeah. and yeah. exactly like it used to be in the old days. And in fact, and going to the old yeah, spa, long thing. Mm. I never used to realise. I never realised the old spa. The first time I went. Spa, I never realised that. And Jack and I got there and walked up, Jack and Jill walked up the hill <laughs> and went round. And, uh, and I didn't realise that when we got to the top oh, to turn right, that the track went on and on and on and on and on. Oh, yes, it did, yes. And it was just absolutely awesome. And it goes from, from village to village because the JPU was like, no, was no love of the old country. Um, have had been over to the continent, little tiny because you like your continentals. That's it. And you would go from this, as I'd say, on uh, the Isle of Man. Well, Joey Donnell, how did you manage to get from this part to Bellacran to Bellacris to Bellacour? Look at here. Well, I go from one, one bit of light to another bit of light and another bit of light. <laughs> and yeah. they were three Ks, three Ks, three Ks. That's what it's like in well, Australia. You know, if we're going, if we're going out to see Larry Perkins' birthplace, then fuck all going out there. Yeah. You know, Sherlock. Well, yeah. in, no the route, shit. In, in the Barossa, <laughs> all your townships like your Valley, uh, Tanunda, yes. Nuriup, but they're all four miles apart. And that was how long it took for the bullet trains to go from one town to another, and then they would stay overnight. Right, overnight. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, very, such a, very such a long way, you know. Yeah, so yeah. very Hamlety. Yes. Without the poetic component. <laughs> I've watched that Isle of Man. I would need the biggest bag of hashish to drive that. I couldn't do it unless I was I was as high as a kite. What to watch it? No, to drive on it. To drive. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and, you're all and that would be in my little MR2 going backwards. <laughs> that is an amazing yeah. piece of yeah, road. Yeah. And I'm so pleased that they have kept it 
the way it was, and they still race the way. Well, that's the thing. I don't know how they can do that. I don't know what you know the what? insurance. You know how they managed? That's the ex-policeman, the Formula One ex-policeman. Oh, that's right. true. <laughs> oh, you mean uh, Mr. Mansell? Mm. Uh, their, their knowledge. Yeah. Their knowledge. Yeah. I just said our knowledge. Their knowledge. Because I've got no love of the old country, so can't be mine. Well, I don't know how they've done it because I would hate to pick up the insurance. Well, I'd like to pick them up. But, you know, um, that's a great race. But, you know, there is a side disclaimer after this. If it's 200 miles an hour and you got you a cow, there's a new meaning to the word holy cow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because it's like... Mm -hmm. well, I, I, I have to change my underpants when I just watch the thing, you know, with the bikes. I just think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been pretty incredible. So anyway, so the 24-hour Le Mans is coming up, and what have we got on in store? So uh, our... It's very late, isn't it, normally in May? No, no, no it's usually no, it's June. Okay. But it, it is one is week later because they didn't want to ah. clash with Canada Drive. Oh, no, my mm. Montreal, yeah. Alan Simonson, our hero, not. Yes. Well, what's he done? What's <laughs> well, he done? he's driving the factory Aston Martin um, and, uh, and, and was fastest all weekend until okay. he was pipped at the last four. Oh, really? I can't say reasons. But. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, balance of performance adjusted. Well, it's wonderful to drive for Aston Martin. You get a free toolbox. And free toolbox. Let alone nice lines. <laughs> I'm spewing. A week of it. Between uh, that, I can't be. I can't be there. But, uh, but you know, I've not been to Le Mans. Uh, you, you need to go. I need to go. You do. I've, you been, I've driven around. The track me drive. I need to I've go. Been so need, I've been to the museum. But you need to go and be managed. Oh, the good evening, Rusty Sausage. The dog wants to go out for a lick. Yeah, I think she might. Oh my god. <laughs> dogs are out, dogs are out. Forgot it was existing, existing. There we go, take your time. Yeah. No, he's not sure. Tail's wagging. Come back later, Sausage. Problem with the Sausage Dog in the rain is they get their belly wet. It's not my belly. Don't even they get their belly wet. Drags them around. Get in my belly. It is, it is something you do need to go to. Hmm. Um, and, um, a person of your distinguished statueness no. must have access to the required lounges. No, um, no, no, no. When I apply for a, a FIA pass, they say, What are you, a cartoonist? Are you crazy? We don't need any cartoonists. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need to... You, no sense you, you, you do thoughts. need to go there because we do have... We do have a lot of this. Oh, you mean champagne oh. mass? Man, you yeah. just got to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been to France. There's a bit of ooh la la. Yes, I've been around France. Ooh I love France. I did. I, everyone told me about this snotty, angry Frenchman, and I looked all over France. I couldn't find him. Oh, that's because you weren't English. That's because you were Australian. No, and I said please and thank you. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that does help. But nevertheless. Yeah, I could. They love Aussies, they hate Poms. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know? yeah. And even I can get away with being an Australian in France Absolutely. because I've been out here long enough yeah. that they think I sound Australian. Yeah. But it, it probably is uh, a worthwhile uh, a voyage that you, you have to do it, JP. Mm, I know, yeah. And, and you should it. do it. And with Le Fogwai, we'll make sure that we all get Why into the right zones and it'll all be luxurious and we'll stay in a 
a nice villa close by with a water wheel. A water wheel? Yeah, because folks like staying at places with water wheels because apparently it, 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 it brings romance to him. <laughs> no, it doesn't. He's got, a, he's got a prostate problem and he needs to hear water running so he can go to the toilet. <laughs> I was waiting for that. As soon as you said about the water wheel, I'm thinking, there's got to be a prostate joke coming here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. No, that's true. The I, sound I of running water. Billy Crystal got up on Letterman and said, I love being 60. He said, I now piss in Morse code. <laughs> Do you know, I, can't, I don't know if I can be fucked about talking about the Worldwide Developers Conference. It's been all over the world, any, all over the uh, news anyway. What's that? Even mainstream news. It made, oh, Matt Pro didn't make Matt Pro did not make the mainstream news. Do you know that the size of the new Mac Pro yes. is about the same size as the subwoofer? of my 20th anniversary back in time. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? If it comes it's about the size of that Makona jar down there. No, it's bigger than that. Not a lot bigger. It's the same. No, it's not. Um, yeah, same. Tell me about this Pro. I mean, the Mac Pro. Yeah. What is it? Is it a stand-up computer? Yeah, it is, but it's just circular. It's only yeah. about yay high. Okay. Are you talking through your prostate? No, I'm not, because if you... Did you, you saw the shot on the device. What sort of power? Power. It's next to the G5. If it's not... The same size as the Macanajar. Well, a little bit bigger, but not a whole okay. bit bigger. Okay. It's not the same size as the Macanajar. No, it's not the same size as the what's, what sort of power are we talking about? About the same size as the kettle. Right. Power, right. Significantly. Across the board, was twice about 2.5 times the performance of previous equipment wow. yeah. at, at a base level. But, you know, they, they, what they've done is they've, they've, they've thought, all right, well, how will we provide expandability? It's clever in that yeah. they're, they're providing expandability by building an extremely fast bus infrastructure, which mm. is Thunderbolt 2, or Thunderbolt, a new variant. Yeah, on. Thunderbolt 2 is the and new so variant. It, it's really a case of, all right, well, it, here's, your, here's your computer, mm. and, and here's your video cards. You can have them in here, and you can connect them through this snake beam, mm. you know, and it's a, it's a special snake beam, high-speed oh, snake okay. beam cable. So we don't have to put it in there. What we're doing is we're giving you... We're, moved, we're taking the, the slot expandability outbound, and mm. that will obviously generate business, excuse me, hardware business for third-party providers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're almost looking at a, a huge commercial. Exercise. I think. It, I think in some in some ways it's quite it's quite nice to see a resurgence in the high-end market of third parties being able to provide hardware. And I noticed that with the with the with the view of the new iOS seven, the new operating system for the phone mm. and mobile architecture, okay. that it can auto detect, it auto detects non genuine cabling. Yep. So if you plug a, uh, a, a light, this lightning USB cable, which is made by Apple, this you you would not believe. You, when you think about, you look at this little cable here, a little bit of a USB connector, yeah. regular USB. Yeah, very but that little thing there on the end there, mm. there is a computer in the end of that, that there. Mm. And there yeah, is a, a serious yeah. amount. It's not just a chip, it's a, a yeah. proper processor running there in there. And it's very, very intelligent. That it doesn't matter whether you go in, in this way or that way. It still works. And it'll still work. But apart from that, it just it knows. And the new iOS 7 will come along and say, 
we've detected you're using a non-genuine Apple cable. Uh, functionality may not be as expected. So there is smartness in that tiny little thing there. Mm. I mean, what next? Am I going to go turn on my computer and, the, and Macintosh are going to say, you haven't washed your hands? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> In fact, you've got a dirty bottom. Go away and come oh, I, 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 I don't think smell detection is oh, don't you quite there yet, nor are they preparing to do. Hmm. But no, I think you're, you're quite correct in as much as the Mac Pro, the whole logic behind the Mac Pro now is the fact that all extras can, can be externalised so that you can just chop and change and do whatever you bloody want to like. Would I be so right in saying if you had a business, you'd have one of those, you could run your whole business? Oh, you... If, if, yeah. if you were in a video, what they did, what the and audio, and what, video, they did, audio. what they did, what they did, they go and also into some corporate markets where, it, like, let me tell you that for me, I don't need anything more than a, a really good spec yeah. iMac twenty seven yeah. or and and a, and a laptop. I don't need to buy video cards that do. 4K video in input because I don't have a red camera that I'm nor am I a photographer that shoots all that sort of stuff. But if I was, and if I was making a movie, I'd n I'd need all that stuff. Yeah. And, and, so, I mean, that's, that's, and so they're going along and saying, yes. "All right, well, Ben, you you make the camera. And commercial. You can make the card box that yeah. goes with it. All you got to do is connect to that interface, and you work that bit out and work with your camera and sell that because." We've, we've, we've sold the right stuff to people and then we've, we've just walked away from it a bit and people have felt let down mm -hmm. and the market's moved on and everyone's gone to IMAX and 4, 4K TV, mm -hmm. which is, which, even though there's no real delivery, deliverability, no one's got a, a TV that can I, see I, it. I, I, you know, it's like, I, I can just see the difference on a retina screen yeah. than I can, and probably you're the same. Yep. I'm still quite happy with my two. Yeah. Um, because, you know, as you get over 21, you can't see it. So basically, with this new Mac Pro, if I had a 3D printer, I could make a tank. Yeah, very easily, probably. Yeah. Or an F-18. Yeah. But it, 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 it's uh, got that much power. It, oh, okay. it, it, it is basically providing, I think, I, I, a bit of a, a, a reinvigoration. The third-party hardware developers are being reinvigorated to create something to go for a new pro product. Mm -hmm. and I think that's that's no. not a bad idea. I can appreciate that. Yeah. And and that that sort of kickstarts that industry, which is well, also, very very late. It allows for that degree of specialisation that everything seems to have these days. Mm. Yeah. So you know, and, and I guess the Apple aren't just trying to be all things to all people. Going well, there's the box what you like in it. It's like, well, there's the box. It's grunty as. Hang whatever you like off of it, yeah. specific to your industry. And even so, if you didn't, you know, even if you didn't want, uh, even if you, I think she wants to come back. Oh, in again. <laughs> even if you didn't want a Mac Pro, come on then. Even if you didn't really need a Mac Pro, it, given the form factor and the fact that it drives. 4K screens, which means that three 4K screens, retina screens are yeah. imminent. Yeah. Which means don't buy a new. If you for the uh, the customers today, you know, yeah. certainly that's more than adequate for them. Yeah. yeah. But for me doing stuff, I go well. I'll just hang out. But am I? Are we going well? 
what do we do? Do I buy a Mac Pro and just have a dumb screen, or do I buy a Mac Pro and have a slave iMac and then I can take the slave iMac and it, it mm. and, and what's the price point? Cans of worms. What, well, we don't what know do you guess the price point will be on? What's the current Mac Pro price point? Current Mac Pro is three and a half, I think. Really? What do you get for it? What's, what is well, you get? You get the box. You don't get a lot of RAM, and you don't get a very big hard drive. And that's the traditional hard drive, not solid state. Why is that? Um, because it's a big box with a lot of crap in it and lots of expansion. <laughs> so, yeah. so, but what's your gut feeling on that? I we're going to move to solid state, and everything's going to be. Is it going to be a zero zero config and then build it to BTR? No, not from the way that they demoed it. I don't but think it's going to be. You're not, you're not going to be holding. Stock? No, you wouldn't. No way. No. Well, like, like we don't hold stock on Mac Pros at the moment for the same reason. When was the last time you sold a Mac Pro? Uh, about three months ago, I think. Mm -hmm. Two and a half, three yeah. months ago. So. Was the customer who bought it had any reason to buy one? Yeah, I think so. I because think they, they had video, cards, video and stuff. Yeah, they oh, had okay. cards, you know. But but beyond that, I mean, all of the graphic designers and those guys, they've all just moved from iMacs and iMac will do. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. They is don't that, need any more than that. Is that because the resolution of video and TV is much lower than what I, we use in, uh, in production? Partially that, but it's also the amount of processing they need in terms of frames per second. Because, you know, they're doing X number, you know, half an hour's worth of videos is a lot of uh, processing time. So well, if you, know, you do something for television, they, they, they want a 72 um, DPI. Mm. Well, I, I use well, 300. Now, nowadays they want higher. Do they? Well, because you've got a, a, a high def, have the Oh, okay, high definition television. Yeah, okay. now, when, no, once it goes 4K, that's okay. why they've gone with these 4Ks. But that's going to be, well, commercially, three years probably before people start buying 4K TVs in any sort of number. Oh, I suppose so. Anyway, all interesting stuff. And yes, iOS 7, well, we've seen all the flatness and all the rest of the stuff. So that just leaves food. 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 So how's that leg of land going in there, John? It, uh, I think it's looking pretty good. What, do you want to have a bit of a squeeze and uh, tell us what's happening? Well, it's, it's yep, stopped well, so going... <laughs> it has. It's looking deluxe to me. It's looking very nice. I think we've got... Uh, oh, yeah, we're going well. The kitchen's a little like they need a bit more. Right? But that's OK. We can wrap that yep. little sucker up and let it Yeah, we can. We'll box on it. Yeah, and then turn that turn that up so the kitchen's get a bit crunchy. I'll do a so, few... Um, so, viewers, tonight, just to let you know, we've... Uh, We've got this beautiful uh, leg of lamb that Johnny's grabbed and had boned out. Very nice. And uh, we've got some kipful potatoes and some carrots, and they're being cooked in the oven with the leg of lamb and in some duck snow peas, no less. And then he's got some crazy beans. Fuck that. <laughs> and. Some asparagus, I can see. Oh, but I've got no, asparagus. No, no, asparagus are we? No, no, no. Do we need asparagus guts tonight? No, no, no. Not with the other stuff. The ends. Very yeah. good for your boss, like eh? Um, <coughs> I do like the. Uh, uh, like the broccoli the broccoli that's not broccolini. Yeah, broccolini, yeah. That's always good stuff. That's for you. I only had some of that on the. Oh, okay. Monday, funnily enough. Did you have that cooked broccoli. in Merlot? Was it cooked in Merlot? No, it wasn't cooked in Merlot. So you're not going to steamed. Not going away on a holiday then? No. So there you go. And yeah, that's about it. There's plenty of other stuff to talk about, but I think everyone else is glad about it. 
Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it, you know? So that's oh. that's episode 248, two to go, and then we'll close down. We should probably just mention the fact that the V8s are on in Darwin this weekend. This weekend? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I said the next weekend, aren't they? No, it's this weekend. <laughs> it's this weekend? Yeah, it's this weekend. Well, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, why aren't we in Darwin? Well, yes, that's why I said to you about Penny's press release about the truck convoy. Yeah, I know that. Letting us know when the truck convoy was. Which was today, I think. But we also, 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 also should send a warm cheerio to Jezza. Oh, absolutely. A very warm cheerio, so. Jezza. And thank you for the photos, Jezza. And Rachel, uh, yes, a particularly excellent shot of him two handed <laughs> with a dirty old durry in the mouth, a grubby shirt, <laughs> and, a, so and a crooked tie. Absolutely classic. Is that you or what? I mean, would you be proud of that? He's got a tie on. It didn't look like a tie to me. Well, it looked like a tie early on. It's amazing. Anyway. Well done. Well done. Jessa and... Two more episodes and that's it. And Rachel. That's it. Two more episodes. Rachel, a.k.a. Stella. Two more episodes and that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just the end of Radio Hot Mate. Good luck and good night. So, and thanks for all the fish. Quit, yes. while, quit while you're behind, we reckon. Yes. What? Right. <laughs> you know, it's time to quit when you're ahead. I agree. And I'll go, I'm sick of him. <laughs> and he's sick of me. <laughs> His wife loves Merlot. Can't get enough of it. Not allowed round. Not allowed round. What's about cobblers? What's the point? There's uh, just no yeah. point no more. I have to find another medium now to vent my spirit. No, you won't. <laughs> anyway, I suppose on that note we should say good night to the viewers. Should see if I can let.